Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. When Diplomacy Fails presents... Hello and welcome to When Diplomacy Fails. Hey guys, welcome to When Diplomacy Fails. Welcome to When Diplomacy Fails. Hello and welcome to Hello When Diplomacy Hello and welcome fails. to When Diplomacy Fails. A project... Five years in the making. The Franco-Prussian War. The Seven Years' War. Of the When Diplomacy Fails Special on Napoleon. The Crimean War. To When Diplomacy Fails Special on World War I. The Dutch Revolt. To the When Diplomacy Fails Special on the Thirty Years' War. The July Crisis Anniversary Project. The Swedish Deluge. Britain goes to war. The 1916. To the Franco-Dutch War of 1672. This is When Diplomacy Fails remastered History friends, welcome to When Diplomacy Fails Remastered and welcome to the first of two parts of this wonderful conversation I had with Anna's a Man. I actually got Anna's a Man from his podcast review blog on this podcast just in time for the special party we have going on here. So who is Anna's a Man? Well, if you didn't know, his full name is pronounced Anna, and I don't know how to pronounce the rest of his name because it's Dutch and I can't do languages as you all and as he well knows. But his name is less important than what he actually does. He's an accomplished reviewer of podcasts and he's been looking at podcasts, listening to podcasts and talking about podcasts since podcasts were really a thing. Over 10 years, guys, so he's been around the block and he has lots of good opinions and lots of bad opinions on what he does or doesn't like. And I thought he'd be an interesting guy and an interesting voice to have on to kind of flesh out, really, how far podcasts have come and how far history podcasting in particular has come since, well, it began. So I hope you enjoy it. The interview is split into two parts because one of Anna's big bugbears is the fact that he doesn't like super long podcasts a la Dan Carlin which go for like five hours or what have you which we do get into in the episode so stay tuned for that 
But I thought it would be a bit ironic if, after complaining about that, I released the interview in a big, near two-hour-long episode. So, to represent the fact that we both agree on the idea of podcasts being a certain digestible length, I decided to release this interview in a hopefully more digestible two-part format. Which you guys can, of course, listen to one after the other because they're both going to be released on the same day. It's funny, really, because in this interview I talked to Anna about a few different things and some things that I do he really likes and some things I do he doesn't like but if you want to hear a different side of myself and if you want to hear me not always necessarily coming off particularly well or not always necessarily receiving particularly good feedback then this could be a good place to hear that. That doesn't mean he gives out to me or anything, but it means that he provides me with opinions on things that I'd never really thought about in this and in the second part of this interview. Overall, I think it went really well, and Anna and I had a really good time doing it, and it's highly likely he'll be on again sometime in the future. So, make sure you listen to both parts, unless you're one of those people that just jumps in wherever. That's fine too, I guess, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you thought through the usual channels. Hope you're enjoying this wonderful party we got going, guys. Thanks very much for listening, and enjoy. So I had to spend some time in the hospital, and the same thing happened there all over. A doctor comes into the room, is looking for Anna, sees no woman, <laughs> and I'm just waiting for my doctor to come. When are they finally going to show up? So it's, it's a, and as a man, is much more convenient. Oh, yeah. You should have gotten to write that down on the, on the, on the hospital notes that... His name is Anna's a man, and then they would have been able to find you. Yeah, oh, well, obviously, when you when you're the patient, you're supposed to be passive, and then and, and they write everything <laughs> down for you. You have absolutely no control over it. It's often nothing that they call it a total institution. When mm. you're in a total institution, and it doesn't matter whether it's a hospital or a, or a prison, you're a subject. Your life is being controlled. Sure, no, no individuality there, and no free will. That's uh, that's how it is. Oh, if it's anything like the Irish medical system, I know exactly where you're coming from. I suppose the less said about the hospital services all over the world, the better. <laughs> right, and we were going to talk about history, of course. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, we'll, we'll get into all this. This is just to give me a bit of a background knowledge for yourself. You, you have a background in academia, do you? Indeed, I do. When I left the Netherlands, I was 30 year and I was uh, teaching Dutch constitutional law at the University of Amsterdam. But in Israel, I found employment in the software industry. Yeah, yeah, I have a background in Dutch law. And when I was studying law, I, I ventured into criminology, sociology, psychology. I've done a whole lot of things. And, and I've already always been interested in history and in languages. So I, I, I get all over the place. Sure. Okay. I'd like to talk about, because I'd like to have you like talk about your kind of views on, on history podcasting kind of almost like how it's i suppose progressed is the is the best way just like your opinions on it i li- i was listening to one of your interviews and you gave me you gave a great quote you were like you're talking about dan dan carlin's death throes of the republic and you said that because <laughs> it was like five hours long you said if you listen to that it would be the death throes of you so I, thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very funny so i don't know i don't know how happy i have no problem with with you saying what you want to say if i if i ask you like obviously i mean we could always do that whole terms and conditions thing where it's like 
the views of these guests who don't re- necessarily represent the views of when diplomacy fails. Uh, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to get you say what you like or don't like. Would that be all right for you? Yes, yes, that's that's uh, perfectly fine. And on the subject of of Dan Carlin, yeah, I have a I have a huge problem with long, lengthy podcasts. And I think in the same interview, I said Dan Carlin has perfected the art of the monologue, and and that is indeed his great strength. But in order to make a proper podcast, in my opinion, you have to show some discipline, some some restraint. So even if it's a, a wonderful monologue, you have to be able to to round it down in mm-hmm. in well, let's say maximum an hour. And when it, when it goes on more like more, more than that i cannot see how anybody can can stay on on top of it i i know for sure that i can't and it's really sad because uh, and i and i feel for dan carlin um i have great respect for him and, and dan carlin is one of those pioneers in history podcasts and and dan carlin was also someone who was uh, very supportive of my blog and he used to say in the early days i, I was the uh, history podcast reviewer and i set the standards mm. <laughs> <laughs> and when i when i uh, uh, privately uh, said to him uh, okay well here's a standard for you you really <laughs> Really, really have to break this down and, and and not make it longer than than an hour. Yeah, and he never came back to me. So uh, <laughs> it, it, well. it looks like Dan Carlin and I are no longer on speaking terms. But that doesn't take away the fact that I I, I greatly respect his work and I, oh, sure. I think he has a great talent there. And uh, and it goes for many many podcasts. Um, there are a great many good history podcasts out there, and I would love to. to sit down with with many of them yeah to to shape them up a little bit and, and mm. some of them are, are uh, going too long uh, for example, the Martin Made podcast about uh, Israeli history is another wonderful podcast. Another mm. very very talented guy, and he also puts out episodes of, of two hours, three hours, four hours. The last one is is nearing six hours, and I can't oh my handle that. Yes, that that's just too much, and I'm sure you, you can work around that. I'm I'm assuming that anybody who who has a podcast has something to say. So, yeah. uh, you know, if, if there is a point that you have in mind, you have to be able to put that clearly and concisely. And if you can't do that, then probably your, your, your thoughts have not been developed enough. Mm. Or if you, if you need to ramble about, okay, then, then do that and afterwards do some post-production. Sure. Any which way, but you can't just throw a rough diamond at us, uh, at the public. I, I think that is, uh, that's just wasting my listening time and, and your talent. So uh, mm. uh, that's really a pity. And uh, I've been saying this uh, several times, and I've been saying it privately to some podcasters, including Dan Carlin, doesn't seem to have that much of an effect, so maybe <laughs> do not like to hear, and maybe they are spoiled by the the, the handful of fans that they have that, that just can't get enough of them. Oh yeah! Uh, but yeah, I, uh, that's that's one of the standards I would put forward, and I'm I'm happy to see in your podcast that the episodes are let's say around 40 minutes yes i try to keep it 30 to 40 minutes i think that's the golden like but initially myself i had to learn that i think it's something you learn in retrospect like at at the start i didn't really know what i was doing to be fair so i kind of just churned out as much information as i possibly could it was kind of like my exams in school i just blathered on about everything i knew and then it ended up filling an hour and i was like okay i guess an hour is right for me and then it came to doing the Napoleon stuff and the Napoleon stuff was ridiculous because I tried to squeeze it all into three episodes 
and it just didn't work and then the last one was two hours long and it was just horrendous and I knew it was bad but it, it took me a while to actually change my formula and I think the people that the people that have the very long episodes would probably argue oh we need to keep it this way because it's it's how you tell a full story like it'll be it'll be like the pieces will be separated if we don't do that and I'm kind of like yeah but all you had to do is is insert like a few sentences at the end being like and like it's even fun to me to insert like a kind of a cliffhanger sentence at the end of each episode I find that really like rewarding and like creatively in terms of like making people want to come back for like the next chapter if you like of the story to me, sure to uh, and and it's well. uh, it is of course uh, you, you mentioned the word story here's a very interesting point that is should be a central question before you even start your your podcast what kind of a history storyteller are you are you a storyteller do you want to get into the narrative or uh, i think you yourself are, are a bit more of a historian you have historical questions mm. and you sort of you you also uh, revealed the sources that you have and said well we, we used to look at it this way and uh, for example in the current subject about the anglo uh, no not the the franco-dutch war mm. where is said in the beginning uh, well we regularly thought that charles the the king of england was not very instrumental in uh, in what was going on yeah and then you go on to show that it could very well be that he's been uh, diplomatically bringing this all about yeah it also matches of course the the title of your podcast it's all about diplomacy mm. whether it it is a failure here or a success but yeah. uh, it is definitely <laughs> about about diplomacy mm. and that is one way of presenting history sure. uh, the other way that you can present history is um, exactly the way that Dan Carlin does and the modern made podcast he also does that he's really telling a story and he's telling yeah. a story with this kind of of personal passion you have to understand what is going on and let me show you the perspective of the one side and not the other side. And that is a perfectly legitimate way of bringing it. But there is no reason to assume that either style is naturally resulting in longer podcasts. No. <laughs> uh, if, if you want an example of that, there is a wonderful jam of a, a history podcast that occasionally brings out new episodes, and, but it has been around for a long time, and it's called The Memory Palace. Oh, and yeah. These, and these issues are very short. It's like mm. 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes. I don't think there is any history, uh, Memory Palace uh, issue that is, that is even beyond uh, 30 minutes. I, you can't find it. Nate DeMeo is the, the, the maker. Yeah. He is doing this monologue, narrative, a very artistic way of telling the story. And he manages to finish the, the arc in, in a very little time. Well, you don't have to do it in, in 10 minutes like he does. Mm. But if, if, if it can be done in 10 minutes, it can be done in 40 minutes. And it certainly doesn't have to take five hours. And if you have so many tangents that you somehow want to bring in, well, maybe then you have to spend some more time at the drawing board and, mm. uh, and deliberate uh, with yourself or with, uh, with a team of helpers. Uh, how are we going to, uh, to organize this because i think the art of storytelling especially of storytelling is to keep your your listener in a in attention and apart from uh, some exceptional individuals i i don't see how any normal human being can stay yeah. concentrated for more than 40 minutes that's just not there 
And it's not like a book that you're reading and you can put on the side and then you, you, you can uh, open it up and, and, and read it in your own speed. Uh, listening to a podcast, even though you can pause it and, and continue it, it's still something that does not allow from, from looking back and, and going uh, forward and looking back again. No, you have to sort of uh, – you have to sit out the ride. And, and therefore, it has to be very, very carefully constructed in such a way that you can somehow finish it in one sitting. And, and a podcast that lasts for more than an hour, it cannot possibly be managed in one sitting because who has one hour of straight time? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, for me as well, because Dan Carlin's release schedule is so kind of like there's big gaps in between it. Would it not make more – this is just the Zach talking that – it works so well for me to have the smaller episodes because it means I can make more of them and churn more of them out. He could, instead of having the one six-hour one, he could have like 12 half-hour ones. And... Like, people would be delighted. Yeah, well, they would be delighted just as much. But, of course, Dan Carling is a, is a household name, so he, he can Dude afford wants. this. Yeah. <laughs> because the, the, the technology is also dictating the way you can pull this off. Mm-hmm. And, and since there is so much being released all the time. And since with, with the mobile phone and with iPads, we're constantly connected, we don't have to be uh, subscribed to a feed and, and see somehow this thing um, finding its way suddenly in our, uh, in our inbox. We're just looking for content all the time. And so uh, if you want to make it worthwhile for people to, uh, to frequently check your place where you're publishing your stuff, you have mm. to make sure that that frequently there is something to find or otherwise they sure. will just assume that it's pod faded. Pod faded. <laughs> I like that. That actually ties into what we're doing here quite well because this is a project that remasters the first 19 episodes. Those episodes where I was barely able to find my voice and you could hear me swallowing and breathing and you probably still can if, if you listen hard enough but all those little ticks that you do wrong when you're just trying to learn how to do and, and, and make your way hopefully they're all going to be erased for this uh, project and you'll find that basically what, what it means is that there's a whole load more content for you to catch up on so I hope you're ready <laughs> but Zach do you really want to do that I mean 19 episodes that's a lot and and I found them, barring one or two, really well. And, of course, uh, you had to uh, find uh, your voice and your ground, but you did that pretty quickly and you did it in uh, in great style. So is it worth the effort? W- wouldn't you want to bring new content instead? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. But actually, by going back into those old episodes, I've been able to draw out a lot more original stuff. And while drawing out the original stuff, I was able to learn kind of like Kind of like what happened to me with the whole First World War situation where I did a project on it and then didn't really want to go back to it because I thought, oh, I kind of know this already. And then I went back to it for the July Crisis project and then it kind of was like, oh, I don't really know this at all. Maybe it is just an OCD thing and maybe it's not 100% necessary to go back. But if you have a if you have a product and you know that in your mind it does the first part of that product doesn't quite live up to even your own standards if you want to like be able to recommend it to people and not have to worry about say like terrible russian accents in the russo japanese war that you insisted on putting on for no good reason or badly pronounced chinese names in the boxer rebellion or like a structure that was all over the place for the italo ethiopian war i mean doing them again to me is worth it and also by, by the time just to let you know by the time this is released it's going to be released 
in the middle of all those remastered episodes. So <laughs> um, it's a bit late to go back now, in other words. You know, I, I can also understand it because I can see, since I've made a bit of a jump, so I'm, I listened to, let's say, the first one or two years of your work and then uh, the last year, I can see how you have matured both as a podcaster but also as a historian. So you're much more careful about how you tell the story. So I I can understand that the Mm. standards that you're talking about, they have been raised gradually. And then, of course, you know, when you look back, maybe it's right because I'm sure many listeners are like myself. They discover a podcast, and instead of jumping in the latest episode, mm. uh, they kind of uh, go over the backlog and, and, and see where the interesting bits are, or even if they decide that it's uh, it's really worth listening to it, well, you, you, you start at the beginning. Yeah. It's, it's mean, like, a, like a, a series on television. If you <laughs> discover a Game of Thrones right now, you will want to start watching the first uh, season mm. and not start somewhere in the middle. Not that yeah. I recommend Game of Thrones, but that, that was the idea. That was the example that just jumped to mind. Sure, sure. And I mean, the good thing about it, because it's five years old, because the the whole idea of this project is that it's insane in the scope and no one's ever done it before because for five weeks I will be releasing two episodes every day. And the reason I'm able to do that is because those episodes are, the bulk of that content is made up by those remastered episodes, which went from 19 episodes. I mean, I also got to like redo Napoleon from the ground up. And rather than being two really rushed episodes, he's eight properly fleshed out ones. And other other things as well that I feel kind of had to be done, but because they're all released in a block and it's not like I'm going to be dragging it out on a weekly basis, if you get what I mean. I don't yeah. think... I don't. I think because there'll be so much content all at once, and then in a few months, then we'll be back to our normal kind of programming. So I think people will really uh, will really enjoy, or even just maybe they'll be overwhelmed and just want to run away. I'm not really sure. <laughs> the fact that it'll be bolstered by things like these, like interviews, I think it will make it special. And it's supposed to have a kind of party atmosphere as well. So hopefully, if it's po- if it's possible to have a party on a podcast. Hopefully that's what it'll feel like. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope everybody enjoys it as much as uh, as we do. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should start with, well, one of the most obvious questions, really. I mean, say they don't know who Anna's a man is or, or what, what he does or how he got to this point. How would you describe what, what it is you do on your blog? The thing about a blog and any content online, that it should be possible to be taken in without too much of a reference. So it's interesting to tell that, uh, okay, my name is Anna and I'm a Dutchman. And 20 years ago, I moved to Israel. So I'm also an Israeli and I speak Dutch, Hebrew and English very well. And in addition, a couple of other languages. And at some point, I discovered podcasts, and since I had a blog, I started writing whatever I felt like writing about, and then it turned out that the thing that I had most to say about was podcasts. And in those early days, talking about, let's say, 2007, 2008, uh, podcasting was relatively new. There were many people who were uh, reading blogs, uh, but they were not listening to podcasts. And so I was sort of writing the kind of blog that I would have been very happy to find myself. Mm. Um, Somebody who was telling me, and it's not really interesting who it is, but it is somebody who's telling me what is out there and and, and sort of matches my own interests, but also in a sort of impartial way, tells a little bit about the content that he has found in the podcast and allows room for uh, making my own decision 
whether I uh, I might like this and I might want to try. And then uh, and this is what the the formula of the blog became. Mm. That it was just relating the kind of podcast that I found. The structure of the post was very simple. I make a, a, a short description of what the subject is, what I liked about it, and then where you can find it. And in those early days, it really worked very well that way. And uh, I had a rather broad audience, and I managed to, to write almost daily. And uh, this is something that works really well for a blog mm. online, and it, it makes you very visible. And uh, occasionally, my blog posts were picked up uh, either on Facebook or Twitter or uh, StumbleUpon, or uh, even recently, there was somebody who posted it, reposted it on Reddit, and then you, you can see that a whole lot of uh, new readers are uh, coming, and, and a couple of them stay around because, yeah, well, you're actually writing for their needs. Sure. And, but it's, it's, it, it was getting more and more massive, and I was trying to be complete and was trying to maintain all updated links to, to the podcast. So it was, it was turning out to be more and more and more of work. And the Internet has become much more active in those years, let's say between 2007 and 2010. So much more uh, content was constantly being produced. And so sure. in order to, to remain visible, uh, I found that I needed to spend a lot of time uh, not necessarily uh, listening to podcasts and writing about them, but pushing my content in any kind of social media where it would be carried on. And there were moments that Twitter was working well or StumbleUpon was working well. Mm-hmm. And Facebook is still a very good place to, to republish my uh, my blog. As a matter of fact, right now, whenever I write a blog post, it barely gets any hits. It barely gets any readers. But the repost that I make on Facebook, that's where where it gets the, the attention. Sure. And, and so this this is the kind of dynamic when you want to push some some content on the internet and that demands a lot of uh, attention. And at some point, I felt I was re- repeating myself and I was not capable of of. Um, maintaining this and so i took a break for about two years and and then i came back because i found that two things had changed one of them was that uh, actually especially history podcasting had greatly improved Mm. i think uh, not only the technology has become much better or it it has become much easier to make a podcast and and not be bogged down too much by the technicalities of that Mm -hmm. and so uh, people like yourself I think you're an historian you're not a technical person no not at all Uh, you're not you're not wasting too much time on on the technical side of getting the the podcast done and and putting it in the feed all of this has been automated and 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 made very easy and so you can concentrate on the content and in the early years it was really hard to make the sound levels okay and and to make sure it was it got into the feed and the mp3 files were okay and equalized and, and there were a lot of stuff that you that you had to put uh, work in and now it's all automated and it, this has allowed a lot of people to, to start publishing and so the, the the great thing that i found that let's say between 2010 and 2014 the the audio quality has improved the general quality has improved and coverage has grown 
enormously. Oh, yeah. So when you take on a subject like Napoleon or World War One, you are talking in, in even in podcasts and not alone. And so uh, that makes it very interesting. And also uh, a much uh, some obscure subjects, like, for example, there is the, the history of the Mongols. Well, that is fantastic. And it has been done really well. Mm. And then there's the history of Bulgaria and of Denmark and of Germany yeah. and of Italy. And uh, so you, you can get a fantastic coverage also in, in eras and in uh, and in geography. Uh, and so I got excited again and I felt again that I had something to say. But now when I'm, st- I'm writing, I can see that blog and as a man is no longer needed as a hub where you can find new history podcasts because there are these new hubs. There is, for example, the Agora Podcast Network that you're part of. Mm. And there are a couple of more like that. And it is, in general, much easier to find this kind of content. And if you look for content on on iTunes, then uh, iTunes has a, an algorithm that says, oh, if you look like look at this, then, then here is some similar content. This was not available five, six, seven years ago. Sure. Uh, so there's no longer a need for that. I can no longer... Co- Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cover anything, and not everything. So I, I have to pick the ones that I want to write about. And, and, and this is where I'm in a position where I'm sort of trying to reinvent this blog. What is there that, that Anne as a man has to, to really offer as an added value in the world of podcasting? I'm not a podcaster myself. I review podcasts. So podcast listeners and podcast makers possibly, what would make my blog interesting for them? And I'm not exactly 
final about how this needs to be done. I find myself on a slippery slope into turning into the grumpy old man of, uh, of <laughs> history podcasts. I don't want to start writing posts about what is wrong with the, this podcast and that podcast. But these are the things I feel more, most passionately about. That mm-hmm. Now that podcasting has become so good and there, is, there are so many examples of how you can pull it off well, uh, I get really irritated about podcasters that in my opinion, do it wrong. Yeah. And, 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 and the most, the saddest thing about it is some of these people are really good podcasters. And we were talking about Dan Carlin, and that's a fantastic example. Mm-hmm. Dan Carlin is one of the godfathers of history podcasts. There can be no discussion about that. And he's, he's put it on the map, and he's, he's inspired many, many great history podcasters to get started. So, Dan Garling is great, and as a matter of fact, I have a great relationship with Dan Carlin in my early days as a blogger, but his history podcast has developed into these tremendously lengthy episodes that, in my opinion, they're just not right. You're not ready. If you, can, if you have something to say and you can't say it in, in, in 40 minutes, then your tale or your point is not ready to be presented yet and you have to go back to the drawing board and I kept telling it uh, to him and, uh, and, and and now we're not on speaking terms anymore <laughs> and it's not because uh, uh, I hate Dan Carlin quite to the contrary and I hope he doesn't hate me but something has gone wrong here and, mm-hmm. and, and it also puts a bad example so you have a, 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 new, a wonderful new podcast about the history of Israel it's called the Modern Made Podcast and this guy is putting out Daryl Cooper is his name he, this guy is putting out episodes of five, six hours. I mean, I can't listen to that. And Israeli history is one of the most hot topics that I like to listen about. So please, I'm waiting for this kind of content, but I can sit down. <laughs> please do your, do your homework. Get back to the drawing board. Do it. Do it. If, and if you're such a good podcaster, then you can you could do much better than that. Sure. So that, that uh, gets me aggravated. But I don't like to put on that uh, voice and, and, and turn Anna's a man into Anna's the grumpy man. That's, <laughs> that's, that's not me. I'm turning older and I, I am a little bit grumpy, but that, that should stay uh, indoors. So that's why I'm still uh, looking for my footing and I'm, I'm not getting anywhere near the kind of production that I used to have. But I'm very happy that people are still uh, reading my stuff and people were extremely delighted when I got back to, to writing uh, reviews and now, now you have invited me to your show, so mm-hmm. uh, it puts the pressure on. It really, I really have to uh, <laughs> write some more. But it's 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 difficult. I'm, I'm trying to find out what my contribution should be. Oh sure, no, I, I completely understand that, and I think a lot of that is relatable to podcasting as well. You try and find your niche. In a way, it's much easier with podcasting because, like you said, there's so many different ways now to find to find out about new podcasts. I mean, I'm not going to say that we don't need blogs anymore but I I for one I abandoned my own blog pretty much in order to focus on my website because I felt like that was more important but I know what you mean about needing to find and like if you wanted to use this as an opportunity to launch your the new phase of Anna's a man then that that would be cool as well the only problem is you'll have to think on the spot as to as to what that new phase will be no, well, I'm, I'm thinking about it all the time. It's an unfinished thought here. Do have you ever considered doing a podcast? In in very preparation stages, and it's something that people keep telling me. 
Mm. Uh, maybe you should make a podcast of your own. You would make a wonderful podcast, maybe a podcast about podcasts. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, I have sat down and, and made some recordings only to find out that churning out an episode of a podcast is a lot more work than, uh, than uh, writing a, a post on a blog. I have a very demanding job. I'm a family man. I have two grown-up children uh, in their teens. And sure. so that demands a lot of time. So uh, for, for private uh, projects such as uh, podcasting, I have to rely on uh, 10 minutes here and, and five minutes there that I can uh, some time for that. And writing, uh, you can pull off. But for recording something and for preparing what you're going to say in the recording, uh, you need longer stretches of time. I don't find that I have that. And also as to the subject, and I'm, I was thinking about uh, maybe I should make a history podcast about the history of Israel because that's what happened to me. I, I was living in the Netherlands. I never planned to get to Israel, and it happened. And when I got to Israel, I felt... I had to find out about the history of Israel. I had to have some founded opinion about what was going on. So I, I sure. did a lot of reading, a lot of catching up. And so a lot of preparation has actually already been done because I was passionate about finding this stuff out. It's way too early to translate that into my version of the history of Israel. That's not even getting into the subject of how this is very politically uh, laden subject. It's, yep. uh, and and um, in a rather inconspicuous blog like my, like my own, I was uh, harassed a couple of times by people who are very anti-Israel and the, the simple fact that I'm living in Israel was enough for them to, uh, wow. to start ventilating their aggression on me. And, and I'm not good at that. I don't have an elephant skin. I'm very, very sensitive. So when, when people start saying nasty things, I, I don't feel like being in that spot. So Israeli history uh, has that other bombshell under it. So maybe Netherlands history, because, you know, that's where I'm from. And, mm. and there are a couple of Dutch language uh, history podcasts that do it really well. But, well, uh, there I have no real passion and a real a lot of work in, in getting educated uh, into it. And so yeah, that would be too much. Sure. And the third idea that I had is, is uh, to make something of a talk podcast. Uh, because oh, I have good. made a lot of podcaster friends and a lot of historian friends. And, and do something like what we're doing right now, uh, mm. make it into a, a history discussion and then take on a subject and uh, talk to a historian and, and ask him the questions. Because, you know, uh, uh, with all the podcasts that I've listened to and all the books that I've read, I may not be a historian, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm well enough informed to ask the right questions or to, to recognize what is a valid question and where is something interestingly new to be found out about history. Of so that, that would be very nice. Well, okay, so that's it, it's it's still in the stages of an idea, and I don't think I'm ever going to do it. But <laughs> if 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 ever I were going to do it, then probably it would be something like that. No, that's 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 good. It's good to hear your kind of thoughts rolling over. It's interesting to hear things from your perspective as well, because it's not to say you don't know what it's like until you try it yourself. But I mean, I know you would ne you would never consider yourself oh oh I'm I'm an expert on podcasts or anything like that, but. It's a whole different ballgame when you try to make one yourself. I mean, I often, I take for granted how long it takes now to make an, an individual episode. And it's only when I tell people how long it takes that they kind of give me this open mouth stare and then are kind of like, why on earth do you do it, Zach? And then I 
point out that I have badges and fridge magnets and merchandise and lots of patrons relying on me and, and aside from my obvious own personal interests. So all that kind but of that, stuff. But that's a valid question. Why do you do it? Well, I mean, ever since ever since I started listening to podcasts, it's kind of a cliche story, but if you'll bear with me, the, the very first one I listened to was A History of Rome. And when I listened to that, it was like this impossible thing that I could never do. Not because... Not because like Mike Duncan was was infallible or anything. I mean, he he's a really great podcaster, and in a way, he did inspire me. But to me, it just seemed like I could tell that a lot of work went into them, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way I could do that." And it wasn't until I listened to the History of England by David Crowther that I think it was on one episode he mentioned that if anyone wanted help or anything like that, setting up a podcast to just get in contact with them. So one day I was kind of, I, I think it was in a really boring college lecture I was having in college. And now I'd always wanted to teach, but I teach history and at a university level, not to like secondary school or like high school kids or anything like that. I want to teach people history who actually care about history. And that was another reason why history podcasts appealed to me, because the only people that are going to look my stuff up are, are the people that actually are interested in it. So that's what led me to the idea of podcasting. And then it kind of it was kind of being turned over in my mind and I was like, well, what would I do? What what really interests me? And it's like what you were saying earlier on about trying to find the blog that inter- like, that you would want to find. I, I tried to find a podcast that basically just covered diplomacy or at least covered the build-up to war because mainly from my examinations on the First World War, like I used to read about the characters involved in it and built up my I, I built up my own what I thought was this really great idea and oh I have to do the first world war and all that kind of stuff and it's really interesting and sure it was but I had this kind of vague idea that I wanted to cover wars throughout history so I looked at a few different ways I could do it and I I just couldn't set my finger on it because I didn't want to do a chronological history of a country which seemed to be quite popular I mean you had the history of Rome you had the history of England I didn't even really know about hardcore history at that stage but uh, to me, I didn't really want to do that because even though I could find interesting tidbits and some nice anecdotes and everything, I didn't want to be stuck with the country in case it got boring. I want the history of Ireland. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like the until I did the nineteen sixteen rising uh, mini series, and I'd always sort of planned on doing that, but until I did that, I find Irish history. Well, I don't find it still, but I used to find it like completely dull especially in comparison even to British history which sounds awful I mean I'd be accused of being a West Brit if anyone heard me say that from Ireland but (laughs) like that that's often what they call like even to hold the views that I held about basically the 1916 rising being wrong I'd be I'd be called a West Brit for that but I don't know I was worried that oh actually there was I think there was at least an Irish history pod Finn Finn Dwyer does the yes yeah indeed yeah, so I didn't want to. I also didn't want to step on anyone's toes. Not that I'd any in any way surpass him or anything like that. But I wanted to find something that was completely niche and completely new. And I was. I remember writing out concepts for it, and I remember being like, "What do I want?" And I was like writing out like sentences and like writing out kind of like, "Oh, this is what I want to do. I want to find out what happens." And I was like, "Well, what happens when?" And then it was kind of I was turning it over, and I was like, "I want to know what happens." when wars happen and I was like well what would I even call the podcast and I was like when wars happen is a terrible name for a podcast and I was like what about Cassus Belli like the like cause of war kind of thing that could work and then I was like well uh, I don't know I like I'd rather have something that I feel like I somewhat created and then I was kind of like well what what is war like and then I was looking up like I was I wasn't even 
I wasn't even trying to find it. It's always when you don't try and find it that you do find it. And I was, it was like, uh, war is the failure of diplomacy. And I can't even remember who said that. I think it was, um, it might have been Salisbury or it might have been Lord Darby or something like that. I was not even looking for it and I couldn't tell you where I found it. But when I saw war is the failure of diplomacy, that kind of stuck with me. And I was like, well, I want to communicate the fact that my podcast is going to at least try to bring in diplomacy into it rather than covering equipment or armies or anything like that. So I thought to myself, well, if it's all about diplomacy and eventually diplomacy like not working out and resulting in wars, and then I tried to write down what I felt, and it was like, I want to find out what happens when diplomacy fails. And then when I saw when diplomacy fails, I was kind of like, huh, no, I don't really like it. And then I, <laughs> and then I went away from it. And then a few weeks later... I was talking to one of my one of my friends in college and I was like, I'm trying to think of a name for a podcast. And he was like, oh, I, I thought you had like a, a, few, a few different ideas. And I was like, well, ah, not really. No, they're not very good. And he was like, well, we'll read them out to me. And when I came to the When Diplomacy Fails one, he was like, you should go with that. And I was like, ah, I don't I don't really think it would work. I mean, it's and then he was like, why? And I was like, well, first of all, the initials of it would be WDF. And people would instantly be like, <laughs> right. "I was going to ask." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, people would instantly be like, "Well, WTF, ha ha ha!" And then he was like, "Oh, that doesn't really matter. That you could like, you could just own it, and it would be fine." And I was like, "Yeah, well, 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 I, I don't know though." And I was kind of, I still like, this is twenty-year-old Zach, and like, not really able to think for himself. So it's kind of, I mulled it over still. This was in about January or February. And I wanted to have a good solid name that would stick with people and people could remember it. And eventually, part of the reason that I got drawn to When Diplomacy Fails was because of its initials, which, like, in, in a way, it really helps because people are like, haha, like, I mean, not not that many, surprisingly. Uh, but still, I mean, it's noticeable. It, I mean, you noticed it. So, like, the the fact that people point that out, I mean, I like to think that that, that kind of helps it along, in a way. It definitely does. It works for Anne as a man. I mean, there, there is something yeah. that draws your attention. Yeah. A, yeah. a, con- a contradiction in terms, a, a question. And, and, and I think that is, in a nutshell, what you have to do anyway when you present content, whether it's a blog post or a, or a podcast. You have to draw your listener in with a with a question. Look, what happened here? What is this? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and, and and sometimes the history podcasters are just telling the story. Okay, well, it's enough to uh, to just you know put the the facts in order. And 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 Mike Duncan was someone who did that. He didn't ask too many questions. He just sat down and recounted the history of Rome, which. At the time when there were not so many uh, history podcasts and he was the only one to cover the history of Rome, then maybe that is the right thing to do. But when there are so many histories, you have to give a, a very, very, very good reason for the, for the listener to stay tuned in. Sure. And I think in my head, the idea with When Diplomacy Fails, it was going to be what I wanted to do. I, was not gonna, I wasn't going to suffer like anyone else. As in, I wasn't going to cover wars that had already been covered extensively, uh, which which might sound hypocritical because of the plans I have for when diplomacy fails. They might or might not include the, the Second World War. I'm not sure. But the idea was, I knew, having looked up some random history books, that there was fascinating conflicts out there. Maybe fascinating is the wrong word, considering people died during them. But the, the build-up to the wars and the reasons why wars broke out or why they didn't break out I always, fi- I always found, and I, and I still obviously do find that fascinating, 
And I felt like there must be other people like me who might not necessarily care too much for the actual Army A moved to here and then Army B did this, but they'd actually be interested in the people and how they felt and why this king thought that war was a good idea or how he managed to separate these two allies and make war against one of them with the other one behind him and that kind of thing. And I think because some of those stories can can be dull no matter what you do, but some of them can be so incredibly captivating and just draw you in so much that I think I felt almost compelled to do that and and that kind of concept it took me a while to kind of write up exactly what it was that I wanted to capture and even in the first few episodes it's like even having said what I just said to you I I even gave equal time to the war and the diplomacy and all that kind of stuff and it wasn't for a while that I really said you know what rather than give people the war why don't I just do most like seven eighths of it being diplomacy and then like an eighth just covering the major events to link it all together and then I eventually settled on that And then once I settled on that, I realized that rather than covering things in a big hour-long chunk, I could cover them in more comfortable multi-part episodes. And it just, it was gradual learning process. But yeah, uh, this seems more like a, a, it seems more like a a personal uh, biography or something than an interview with yourself. But you know what I mean? It's like you find along the way what it is you're good or bad at and then you you grow the confidence to say do you know what i'm actually just going to do what i want because it's my podcast that is should not be the only reason i think also when that is what you're really interesting in that is what's going to keep you going what is going to keep you excited about what you're talking about and, yeah and 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 that excitement is 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 going to be heard by the listener well, you can only hope that it, it, it will catch on. But if you're not excited, it will dare, definitely not catch on. So uh, yeah, uh, I think that's uh, absolutely right. And I, for one, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I, I could not be bothered too much about all the battles in, in a war. Wars are interesting uh, exactly because it's strange that they should happen because they involve so many uh, risks afterwards they they bring about so many changes and that's why it's uh, it's really uh, interesting to to learn about them mm. but uh, for example the the first world war that's a major change in 20th century history but i couldn't care less uh, well of course the battle of the somme to take just one example is a tremendously important battle but what is there to say about it it was a huge battle that went on and on and on and on and on and on and after how long was it Six weeks, two months, three months. I don't know how long you should count the Battle of the Somme to continue, but nothing changed. Only that a million casualties. Sure. And then the question is, why did they go on? And that would be very interesting. But just to say that, well, it it started on the 1st of July and so many men went over the top and then they they reached this village and that village – that, those are the kind of details that uh, that, that gets me bored pretty quickly. Mm, of mm. course, there is a, a, a huge public out there wants to hear about it or wants to hear about all technical stuff, uh, what kind of weapons they used and how they were used and, and, and tactics. And Okay, great. But the diplomacy thing, that's exactly where I'm at. And cool. so that, that formula that you're using that works well for you works very well for me as well. Well, great, great. And I, I would presume that you're not the only one simply because, I mean, it's, it's only inevitable that you get better as you keep going with it but i have been told that i'm much better now than i was when i started and i should hope that that would be the case but i i was relieved almost and it might sound surprising because of course people would have the same interests in history as yourself 
But when you're young and you don't really know and you don't have the confidence to kind of be like, I'm just going to do this, you're kind of like, well, would anyone care? And if you measure it per capita of the world population, you'd probably be like, well, what's the point? But you know you're reaching a certain audience every week and you know that people do enjoy it and you know that you enjoy it yourself. And you're, you're dead right about what you said. I would not be able to still do this if I tried to please everyone. You'd be able to tell it from my voice. Even in some of the episodes that dragged on through wars and I had to cover each battle because I thought people had to know this information. And you got mispronounced names. You got rushed facts. You got loads of like incidents just listed out because I thought I had to do them. And it's just, it's just not worth it. And I, I realized that and thankfully <laughs> changed my formula since. What, do you think there's... Other podcasts like that, as in, do you think this podcast started out in a certain way? Maybe at the start you were kind of thinking, oh, this this kind of has potential, but he always does things kind of in this way or, or, or something like that. And now now that you listen to it now, you're like, yeah, this he's kind of hit his stride. I, I like what he's doing with, with, with this topic. And he, he, he satisfies my, my craving for this period in history or this topic that he's covering. Maybe that's a really broad question, but... <laughs> <laughs> it is a very broad question, but uh, let, me, <laughs> let me answer it this way. I can sure. see in, in, in almost any podcast that I have been following for a really large number of episodes uh, over a long period of time that every podcaster develops his own voice and you, and you, you see that those that keep, keep going – they have found a, something that works for them right? because it, you know it's 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 in your spare time. You're not going to make a lot of money out of it. You you have some contributors, but it definitely I I would assume that it doesn't cover the costs, let alone uh, bring in some income. So it, it it really has to come from your own passion. You really feel like doing this and continue mm. doing. It. So you have to do it your own way, and you can see that everybody uh, finds his own uh, uh, way of doing it. And then of course as a listener. I find my content that matches my taste. And so there are a couple of people who are doing stuff that I can see what they are doing. I can understand what other people might like about it, but it doesn't work for me. Sure. And, sure. and, and I really don't want to mention names here because there are a couple of podcasts out there that I think are, are probably good podcasts and I just can't keep I just can't keep up with them because something is not working for me. Mm. I would not even begin to suggest that they are a bad podcast. So if I have nothing to say about it, then really I shouldn't say. But I, it, I have to put it like that, that there are history podcasts that somehow I do not connect to. Sure. Uh, okay. and, 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 and as long as you're not feeling obliged uh, to review them, then that's just, <laughs> that's just fine. There are so many podcasts out there. Sometimes it's a bit of a disappointment because if, you're, if they're covering a subject that I would love to learn more about sure. and, and they're do, not doing it in a way that I can get on board with, that's a very nice way of putting it. And, uh, okay, yeah, that's, then it's not happening for me. But maybe if it's not happening for me and maybe there are some more people for whom it it's not happening. Uh, maybe there is indeed something missing. And I've been asking myself uh, lately the question uh, about, what. okay, so why are many history podcasts missing something, in my opinion? One of the things that I mentioned is uh, some of them are going on too long and mm -hmm. they have to do some more preparation. And some of them are not making a point. They are not making clear why is this relevant? Why am I telling this? Because it is not enough to just 
tell facts. As a matter of fact, I, I should be easy public for you. I am really interested in history, any history, anytime, anywhere in the world. Tell me history. I would love to hear about it. Mm. But then again, I can relate to those people who are are terribly bored by history and why are they bored because probably they were scared away by those history teachers who are just mechanically taking a long piece of thread and and putting one bead after another another piece of fact and another fact and another fact and that is history and that is just boring you can't just bring it as a list of things here's Mm, what happened yeah but when you when you and sometimes it can be a very very simple question like for example let's say the Anglo-Dutch wars, the second Anglo-Dutch war, if there is somebody who can be pointed as a victor, then would be the Dutch. Well, if you tell anybody, if if, if England and, and, and Holland go to war, who is going to win? Well, everybody would expect England to win. It's, it's a larger country and, and it has a longer... So, hey, how how did that happen? Yeah. Such a good right? story. Yeah. <laughs> it really or, is. for example, about the First World War. It was a terrible slaughter. On the Western Front, nothing moved. After four years, uh, nothing really changed. Why did they go on with that? Yeah. That's a very yeah. good question. So if you, if you put it that way, then, then it should not be very difficult to draw people in. But you have to be aware that you have to do that. You have to make it – and then sometimes – almost all the time, you have to break it down to sub-questions that are – also interesting. So, for the for the, the the episode of today that we're we're going to talk for half an hour, this is what we're trying to find out today. Mm. And, and 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 as long as you do that, you frame that stuff. I think you're you're doing a good job. And very frequently, it is lacking. It's also lacking because there are not so many good examples. There are not so many history podcasts that are, that are doing that. They're posing a very clear question. And this is what we're going to try to find out. Or, or what you have been doing for a couple of times, the mainstream look at this narrative is like this and like this and like this. And let's, let's look at it again and mm. see if, if it is, was really like that. That should be interesting, I would say. Or, that, or, or at least that makes it much more interesting to, to hear uh, the facts uh, again and, and to look at them and say, how can you look at it differently? Yeah. And when there is something like that of a challenge, then you're drawn in. I think many podcasters are just so excited about what they, are, they have to tell, <laughs> that the mere idea that they're telling and that the microphone is open is enough. And mm. uh, that should not be enough. No. No, I I get what you mean. Alrighty. Yeah, I know, that was a bit of an unnatural way to end the first part of the interview, but there you go. I had to split it up somehow, and I figured that was the best way. I hope you enjoyed the first part, guys, and that you'll tune in for the second part. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll be seeing you all soon. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.